you know, when you think about it, there's not any American loving patriots this year that I think aren't grateful for their freedom. You know, when you think about how easy it would be to lose your freedom, you are grateful to have been given freedom. You know, I was thinking back to the American Revolution, and Europe was completely overrun by this time. America was that chance to start all over again. It was like we had a new beginning, a chance to do it all over. And so that's what started it when those patriots decided they wanted a country for their own. And it's just this thankfulness that rose up in my heart where I was grateful for, first of all, that they cared enough about freedom to fight for it. And not only to fight for it, but once they had it, to keep it. In America, if you're an American citizen, you actually have a heritage that you had nothing to do with. Like it occurred to me that these guys did this hundreds of years ago, and they did it, and I'm blessed today. They did it back then, but it means something to me now. And it rose up in my heart to think, well, how about if they hadn't had that courage? How about if they hadn't been willing to sacrifice? You know, you look around and you ask ourselves, do we have that courage today? Do we have that strength of character where we're willing to lay it all down and to fight for what we believe in? And I was thinking, this bunch of people that I've never met gave me something to Stuart. They gave me something that I have that I had nothing to do with. I had no way to earn it, but it was a gift given. Freedom, something that I had nothing to do with. What would our nation be like if they hadn't done that? If this nation, if they hadn't risen up, where would our country be right now? Would we even have a country? You know, what they did made such a difference. And being grateful for the patriots and their sacrifice, that when the time came and when it, they were called upon, they were willing to sacrifice and to risk everything they had. And they did it because they loved America. You know, this makes me think of a story about the American Revolution. I mean, stories just pour through me, but I'm thinking of this one. It all began with a knock on the door. And inside this room was this man called Colonel Rawl. And he was the commander of the Hessians. Now, the Hessians were German mercenaries. And the British had hired these soldiers to come over and help them fight. They say there was right under 30,000 of them that they used during the American Revolution that they brought to our country. And this man sat in his garrison on the very night that Washington was crossing the Delaware River to attack. You know, you think about this knock, this one knock on the door, it could have changed everything. Like that knock was gonna take the surprise element out of the attack. That knock on the door would cause this war or this battle to forever be lost. You know, the, the army had been in such a, a downsizing and disarray and everyone was homesick and the winter had been so hard that with this one knock, it could cost the loss of the morale of the entire Patriot Army. And that's what was happening right now. You know, earlier in the day, Royal had had plenty of chances to know something was up. You know, during the day, he had had two deserters come and warn him 
There's going to be an attack. But for some reason, report after report, he kept disregarding them. A doctor had come to him, sought him out right here on Christmas and warned him that there was about to be an attack, that they knew that for sure that the patriots were taking a multiple days rations with them. And then on this very day of Christmas, another doctor had come and he had forwarded to Royal an intelligence report. And then Royal, he thought about it. He just thought about the chances of it. But there was something that was building up in his heart. Royal, at that moment, he had been deep into a card game. So around 7 p.m., gunfire had broke out in Trenton. And the colonel immediately, he ordered his men, he ordered his soldiers to get over there and check what had happened. That day he lost six of his soldiers. They were wounded. But the report was that 30 men had attacked the outpost. Well, he sent soldiers after them, but they were nowhere to be found. So he came back and he, at that moment, realized this is what all those reports have been about. Everything they're warning me about, it's that, that little attack we had over in Trenton here on Christmas Day. With the ridiculousness of this attack, the resentment was growing in his heart. Royal hated these pathetic rebels and their pitiful attacks. It just irritated him to think about it. He was a proud soldier. He had fought Austria in their secession war. He had participated in campaigns in, in uh, Bavaria, the Netherlands. He had fought in Scotland. He had served in the Seven Years' War, also known as the French and Indian War. He was involved in so many battles. In fact, he had just come from Russia. And here he was fighting King George's War with this small, dirty little band of primitive colonists. That's what Raul was thinking that night. They said that his heart had been growing angry and he was insulted with the attacks of the Americans. And now that this 30-man attack was put down, Raul ordered his men back to the barracks because he knew the weather was closing in on them. It was getting cold. It was Christmas night. And he decided it was time for him to return to town. In fact, he had been invited to a, another Christmas party. So, as he made his way to town, it's at that moment that George Washington was attacking that very night, Christmas night, 1776. And Raoul was deep into a card game, and the liquor was flowing. A farmer was knocking on the door. He wanted to see the colonel. He demanded, I must see the colonel. A servant met him at the door. The servant told him, he said, uh, the colonel is busy. Well, the farmer was not going to be deterred. And he thought of what he could do about it. So he told the servant when the servant kept insisting, no, you can't see the colonel tonight. He asked for a piece of paper and he wrote out what he had seen. He had seen the whole American army. And they were crossing the river, and they were marching right at that moment for Trenton. He's handed the servant the note, and with that, he was pleased. His duty had been done, and he turned around and he left. And he knew that written on that note would be a message that the colonel would be sure to see, and it would be worth being interrupted that night. So the servant did exactly as he was told, 
and he delivered the note straight into the hands of the colonel. And he said, here, colonel. The colonel reached out, took the note, stuffed it in his pocket, never reading it, and never missing a beat in his card game. But the next day, when two mortars were in the side of the colonel as Raw laid dying, someone reached into that same pocket where he had stuffed that note, and he pulled it out. You know, as he lay dying, he thought about it. He had ignored that note because he couldn't read English. He was German. In his dying moments, he said to the men standing there, he's reported to have said, really, like all the regret in the world, if I had read this, I would not be lying here now. You know, the disdain had grown in his heart, and he had made a fatal mistake that night. He had underestimated what was going to happen. This was Christmas, 1776, but it had impossible obstacles. He had understood there is no way anyone could get to us on a night like this. You know, Washington was up against impossibilities. You think about him with his 2,400 men. He had 18 cannons, and they were crossing this freezing river. As they get down into those boats, the river was icy. The weather was severe. You think about what you feel like in the cold, your hands, your feet. The crossing was dangerous. And to Washington's dismay, two of his units were unable to cross that river with him. Oh yeah, he made it across with his 2,400, but he had to leave behind 3,000 other men that were planned to be in this assault with him. They couldn't make it across the river. You know, Washington's plan was, we're going to be able to cross the river at 12 a.m., midnight. And then they would do a five-hour march after he had crossed it. You know, as they would do this five-hour march, they would arrive in the darkness. It would be a pre-dawn attack. And so he had it scheduled that he could make it right before dawn's early light. (laughs) But instead, it was almost 3 a.m., and they were still trying to get his army across that river. They were struggling with the crossing. They were off to a terrible, terrible late start. Washington's heart sunk. There would be no pre-dawn attack, and with it, would he lose the surprise element? You know, at 4 a.m. is when the soldiers began their five-hour march towards Trenton. They marched nine miles. They went through taverns and farms, and and as, as they're marching, you know, that people are watching as they go by. And if you look at the troops, I want you to picture it in your mind. Many of the troops didn't even have boots. It's reported that they had, they, they had their feet just tied like bandages, trying to keep their feet warm with rags. Their feet were bleeding, and the snow was turning red with the blood as these men walked. Not only were their feet without boots, and they're walking on this terrain, but also everything they had was completely wet. Their feet 
They were freezing. Two men didn't make the march. They died marching towards it. The men were all frozen and soaking wet. On the return trip, there's going to be three more men that would freeze and die right in the boats. That's the condition of that night. As they marched, Washington did what only Washington could do. He would ride up and down the line, encouraging the men, come on, continue, we must make this march. But knowing that after a nine-mile march, they also had to then attack. So after having completed the march, then they had to be in gear, ready for the fighting that was going to ensue. Well... The general with Washington sent a courier to tell Washington, he said, the weather is getting the men's gunpowder wet. Our, our guns are not going to fire. So Washington is looking at his army. It's been reduced down. They're late. They don't have the proper clothing. They're frozen, and now the gunpowder's wet. What did the general say? He said, if we can't fight them with our guns, then get out your bayonets. He said, I am resolved to take Trenton, and on he marched. But all of a sudden, there was a surprise that took Washington just completely off guard. Fifty men appeared. He didn't know who they were, but they were soldiers, and it took him a bit before he recognized that they were Americans. They were led by Dr. Adam Stephen, and Stephen had known about Washington, and Washington had known about him. But Stephen, Dr. Stephen, was actually the one who had led the earlier attack on Trenton, on the Hessian outpost. And Washington just, the discouragement that hit him at that moment, he just was like, this is the ultimate setback. And in fact, he panicked. These 50 men may have stirred up the quiet night and run the surprise. He shouted at Stephen, You, sir, you, sir, you may have ruined all my plans by having them put on guard. You've just got the whole fort on alert. The point of the surprise was Christmas. They would totally not be expecting anything. You, sir, look what you've done. But there was no going back. Washington had already set his face to advance towards Trenton. But you know what's interesting about this moment These men had actually had the opposite effect. Raoul, when he had fought them, he had decided this was the attack that had been planned all along. It changed Raoul's mind that literally this was the attack that he had been warned about. And that's what made him decide there'll be no further action today. Much to the garrison's surprise, at 8 a.m., Washington led the assault riding out in front of his soldiers. Washington even had set it up where he put his German-speaking soldiers at the very place that Rawl would do the retreat. Rawl and his men were cornered. At 9 a.m., the battle was over, and Washington and his haggard, broken Continental Army had captured the proud Hessian troops. The contrast was stunning, and God had given them the victory that night and early morning against all possible odds. You think about the faith in George Washington that he hadn't given up when wave after wave of bad news attacked him. 
you know, Washington took the hand of a young soldier and he, he shook the hand of the young man and he said, this is a glorious day for our country. Those were prophetic words. It was a glorious moment. It turned the tide of the war. It changed the war effort. You know, you watch over things and you see God doing things for us down to the smallest of details, things which make no sense. You know, this is our heritage, these men, these patriots, and the God who gave us the victory. This is what we celebrate. This is our gratitude. We've been given something that is without value. It's invaluable. We have received a heritage. It's a stewardship that we're maintaining what the Lord has given us. You know, we've come a far cry from that. And I'm sad to say it's not the right direction. It's become more and more popular to stress the rights and not the duties of being an American. And what we have received is something that literally is a gift to us that we did not earn. I'm grateful for these freedom fighters, their courage, their willingness to risk everything. And we have to ask ourselves, do we have the same courage as they had?